This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal agencies finally have a basic understanding of the threat landscape around the federal technology supply chain. And chief information officers, acquisition executives, and anybody else, well, you shouldn't feel good about what they've learned. The Homeland Security Department's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency's Information and Communications Technology Supply Chain Risk Management Task Force. Got all that? Identified 190 threats across nine groups, including counterfeit parts, cybersecurity, and economics. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about the task force's four recommendations and what they mean for you. Jason joins me now. Well, that's a mouthful of discussion leading to the question. Supply chain is a growing area of concern, as we know, for at least a year or a year and a half. What did the supply chain task force recommend, Jason? They came up with four recommendations. Two were tactical, two were strategic. And Tom, this goes above and beyond what we've talked about over the last, if you will, Again, year, year and a half, when we talked about Kaspersky Lab concerns and we recent uh, executive orders and procurement regulations about Huawei and ZTE, two Chinese companies. This goes above and beyond. This is looking at the, if you will, and I'm going to use this, so forgive me, the holistic approach of supply chain task force, because they got into more than just, hey, what's the cyber risk, but even like ownership issues and economics and even like who's on the board of trustees even. And they're going, and, and what happens if, uh, natural disasters hit your supply chain. So they really took a, a broader perspective. And I, and, I, and I think I have to say, Tom, it was it's a fascinating look. The report is the, the first one. I think we'll see a couple coming. But, but this really does something that I, I'm not sure has been done before. And it was done public-private sector organizations doing it together, not just the government or not just industry. And you said there were tactical recommendations. Tell us about those. Very interesting tactical recommendations included uh, the use of an approved products or approved manufacturers list as well as only buying from what they call OEMs, original equipment manufacturers or authorized resellers. It goes no back, gray market. It goes back to your old days, right, when you uh, when you first got into this business of covering government, Tom. And I caught up with Bob Koloski, the deputy director of the National Risk Management Center over at CISA, and he talked about these two recommendations. There's a higher likelihood in, in the analysis we've seen that if you're not buying from OEMs or authorized resellers, you're, there's, you're increasing the risk of getting counterfeit products into the system, and with counterfeit products come a, a whole level of technical risk within that. And so we thought that this was an easy way to do something that, that made se- easy in the sense that, you know, it was a, a risk mitigation strategy that makes sense. And, you know, there's an opportunity right now with where federal acquisition policy is to really push that. And you mentioned federal acquisition. We know GSA made a similar idea around the Schedule 70. What's the biggest concern about these, what sometimes they call gray market? Is it just too easy for them to get into the supply chain and then cause harm? Yeah. It's it's a lack of, I think, having provenance and understanding kind of what is the trail of where this came from and was it, you know, it's, it's like anything. You just lose visibility in things and the more you buy from, you know, OEMs or authorized resellers, you have the ability to actually monitor their practices and make some judgments around that. And so, you know, it's not that every original equipment manufacturer, there may be some sources of concern with original equipment manufacturers for a different reason. It's something that raises the bar of trust. The other side of this is getting agencies, getting the, the procurement buyers to change their habits. It's easy to go onto any you know online marketplace and buy something because you need it today. Did that come up during the discussions too? Because that's a key piece of the supply chain, not just, okay, who are we buying from, but changing people's habits. Was that part of those that discussion much? You put rules in place and whether this ultimately becomes a rule or this is a recommendation, you know, still work to be done, but then you have to educate and train 
and you know cultural change around this and I, I think a lot of what we see in the overall where we want to go as a federal acquisitions community is you know I move up a level from the OEM question to as I said today security is a fourth pillar you know how to look for costs you know how to look for performance and schedule you got to look for security and you got to have the tools to do that and that means you're asking basic questions about procurement decisions have I taken security into account and do I have confidence and, and so there will be a cultural shift I think across but it's time for that cultural shift the other recommendation uh, that working group put out around number four was also uh, more tactical was around the qualified bidder yeah. qualified manufacturer and I think that's another interesting one we've seen approved products so we see it with CDM walk me through that decision as so, well that recommendation right. so CDM was part of what we looked at and, and you know actually that that group probably didn't go as far in the initial rounds as you could have thought so so you know we didn't come in with a recommendation that you know you got to establish qualified bidder list qualified manufacturer list we instead worked as a task force these are the characteristics you should consider if you do that so i, th- I think that's a little bit of a, a a risk management approach to understand that qualified bidder qualified manufacturer list may be the right solution in certain cases but it should be in in, in certain cases not in all cases and we studied places where it had been used and tried to draw out the characteristics where it had been used successfully, like CDM. That was Bob Kolosky, the deputy director of the National Risk Management Center. I caught up with him at the CISA Cybersecurity Summit last week. And you said there were two other recommendations that were more strategic in nature. And what were those all about? Those focus on the cyber threats. So you mentioned the 190 different threats that came across those nine groups to, to the supply chain, including like counterfeit parts, cybersecurity and economics. And then this idea of cyber sharing as well, this idea of where does the sharing need to come from, who does it need to go to. Again, I caught up with Bob Kolosky, the deputy director of the National Risk Management Center at CISA. So much of information sharing conversations become how do we get more government information in the hands of private sector. This one was really interesting. How do we get more private information in the hands of government and others? And that's a whole set of legal challenges in, in understanding some some you know concerns of information sharing from those legal perspectives that have to be addressed through policy changes. And so we're going to see some specific follow-on here to actually talk to Congress about, hey, we need protections if we're going to create this environment. And then in terms of threat evaluation, you know, this underpins the second working group identified nine threat evaluation categories around supply chain risk some specific scenarios mapped out you know where there are real avenues of threat and then gave tools for any one person who is running a supply chain risk management program to evaluate their own threats within given their own context and then you know ultimately move into okay these are the priority threats we're concerned about study that from your own context, and then what are the controls and what are the practices out there to address those threats? Once again, that was Bob Koloski, the Deputy Director of the National Risk Management Center at CISA in DHS. What comes next for the task force and these recommendations? Will they find their way into the FAR? Will they find their way into some administration policy paper? How do they get actionable? I think there's two pathways for these recommendations. The first is they will go to a higher person, if you will, a higher organization, whether Homeland Security Department or the White House. There's also the Federal Acquisition Security Council, which is meeting now and coming up with their own recommendations. And something like the approved products list or only buying from the original equipment manufacturers may go to them. Now, Tom, interestingly enough, the General Services Administration and the Defense Department have already kind of put their stamp on some of these recommendations. For instance, DOD in 2016 said we're only going to buy from authorized resellers or OEMs. 
And GSA said just recently, and they have not quite finalized it yet, but they're definitely heading in this direction, that they'll no longer sell refurbished or used products on the GSA schedule. Again, going back to we want to know where these products have been and where they're coming from. The other path is that this organization, this task force, will continue to do work and maybe dig a little deeper, maybe try to say, okay, here is that that was the 50,000-foot view. How do we get to the 25,000-foot view uh, of these recommendations to really move them from theories or ideas to implementation? So I think more to come. Uh, Bob Koloski mentioned that the task force will finalize its year two plan by the end of October, early November. It reminds me of something that happened at the Treasury Department. They're coming out with regulations for the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. That's an interagency group that reviews stock and real estate investments by foreigners in the United States. They're going to get expanded authority. It kind of ties into the idea of who owns the company you're buying from. What's important here is the supply chain is not just who's coding. It's the entire supply chain. and even goes below the tier one, right? Your prime contractor. But where are they buying from and where those subs are buying from? Lots to think about. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at Grifflesplasma.com.